Power over God's enemies, part six and seven, I think, is what we're on. <laughs> I don't even know. We're, we're, I'm lost. Already. Yeah, we're going to cover like this so last week's much. and the week before that. We're going to do both of those sermons in one episode. Let's go. It's going to be action packed. You know, it's going to be a little here and there, but it'll be great. People will enjoy it if they listen to it, and they should listen to it. So, you talked about, and this was a couple weeks ago, there was, I mean, the, the whole thing like ranged from uh, it was it was based on Colossians two eight through fifteen uh-huh. is what the sermon was based on, and there was a lot of talk about it. Kind of starts off the effects of the work of Satan, mm-hmm. and so you talked about death, sickness, uh, you know. Poverty, even I think it might have been one of them, but mm. definitely is you know can be all those kinds of things that are an effect of the work of the devil. And these are one thing that I wanted to. One thing that always drives me nuts is when you get somebody who's like, "Oh, the reason you got a flat tire on your way to church is because the devil didn't want you to go to church." <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think he's doing very well. And he's only stopping me once. I I feel like he should probably work a little harder. You know, that's hilarious. I don't think it yes. was the devil specifically. Like, I'm gonna give him a flat tire so he doesn't make it today. Yes, you know. Yes. I just, those are always, I find those ridiculous. Yeah, it's really funny because I remember being a part of a church too where it was like, if, like especially before like a service started, if like there were computer glitches or sound glitches or whatever, the band was warming up, it wasn't going well. A lot of people were just like, a, would attribute that to uh, Satan. And, and and they were, they said it so confidently and like so assuredly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, and that's the kind of thing about it was like, how are you so sure about this? It's like, I, where are you getting this from? Like, I don't, you know, sort of like, I don't sort of understand either. Uh, yeah. So it was like same in line with that, um, for sure. Um, you know, it is funny cause I guess like the more I've learned about it here in the last few months is, um, you know, one of the things, uh, some people who are like, I guess, operate sort of in that realm of demonology or discernment of spirits or have sort of part of deliverance ministries, they feel very convinced that there are um, spirits of like what what they would call like disruption or uh, mm-hmm. uh, retaliation even. Um, and and it is interesting. And I think the reason why, if I were to guess why were they were so confident about stuff like that is because I think when they like bind and cast out and whatever it is they else they, they do with that, they feel like that stuff stops. And so, and so I, again, that's really hard to know. I don't actually know, um, but you're right. I think attributing too many things to Satan can really just end up getting you in a mental space that's just like, kind of yeah kind of goofy n- nothing is just because you know uh, there's there's plenty of times where i've had things go wrong that let's be real i had much more to do with it than satan did okay <laughs> you know like yeah. there's been times where yes. i've made some horrible life decisions and let's be real the last thing that i need to be doing is trying to blame it on some other extra power out there yes. like oh it's just trying to stop me yeah you know 
and like, couldn't he do it better? <laughs> and and that goes <laughs> right. That goes for that goes the same thing for the people who would constantly say. Oh, you know, well, God won't let me do this, or God won't let me be successful here, or or God's preventing me from doing this. It goes that goes the same way, you know. I'm like, I don't, I don't think you should be blaming God here. I think it has more to do with your lack of motivation and work ethic is the reason why you're not getting anywhere. Like, let's be real. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I've certainly felt that way too. I gotta admit, like, I tend to, um, I tend to underwork as opposed to overwork so i tend to leave, work you know? smarter not harder <laughs> well i'd like to think it was it's also just like work as little as possible sometimes right and so especially if it's work i don't like or bored by or whatever it is so but you're yeah you're right i mean a lot of times you can be like god why have you forsaken me and it's just like uh you don't work very hard <laughs> you know, like what do you expect in here uh my dude so yeah there's like nothing worse to like hear somebody who's acting foolishly and then they like start blaming like God uh, or the devil, even really yeah. for their problems. Either one, and you're yeah. like, oh. or their family. You know, it kind of goes <laughs> a lot of different ways. There, yeah, it does. Know? It can totally be like that for sure. Yes. So yeah, I guess like you know, the one thing that that popped into my mind was that uh, these things that uh, are the effects of the work of Satan, these are a result, not necessarily a direct action. So, like, when we talk about the work of Satan, I guess really we could go all the way back to the deceiving of Eve and mm-hmm. the garden, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so when we do, uh, say, get sick, you could say that that is a result of the work of the devil because that was how sin entered the world, which is how we have sickness and death. But getting cancer and you know dying or having a loved one that that happens to as tragic as that is uh it's not necessarily a direct action of satan attacking you not necessarily i'm not saying mm-hmm. it's not either because i'm not going to venture all the way right out where i say no satan's not directly attacking anybody because i think we've talked about that 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 is actually the case that does happen right oh yeah for sure i mean this is it is really tough because you look in the gospels and it's like some physical sickness is a demonic some yeah. but some physical sickness is not attributed to demons it's just physical sickness some mental stuff there is is associated with demons right some of it isn't um obviously satan can kill job's family he can kill, kill his kids he can make job sick right, right. obviously so um, but it does, you know, of course we do say, uh, or Hebrews says that, you know, um, that Jesus, when he came to defeat the devil, you know, the power that devil had was death. And, and of course, really the, the power of death is really that, um, you know, since your life is going to end, you're coming to this place of judgment and you're coming to this place of accusation. Uh, the devil wants to get to a place where he is essentially accusing you, not only just deceiving you, but also accusing you uh, and accusing God and trying to, um, you know, really hamper hamper your strength for sure. And so, like in all this, uh, you know, obviously you go you you go in this direction with the sermon as well. Uh, but one of the things that caught my attention <clears throat> was that. Like even like demons, like anytime Jesus uh, encounters a demon, they express fear for what he is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a comforting thought for me. 
And I even, I venture out even like there's been times where I've, and everyone has, everyone has, you know, <clears throat> where they feel like, like the world's just kind of closing in on them, mm-hmm. you know, like there's yeah. all these things going wrong and you're just like, where's the way out? And when I, when I've had those experiences, the few times that I've had them, like the one thing that I always lean on is like this uh, realization that I am a child of the king of the universe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and being a parent myself now, because I can say that mm-hmm. uh, as of 11 months ago, you know, if I have the power and authority to protect my child from something, you better believe I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I look at as the realization that I'm a child of God's. He's going to use his power and authority to protect me. Mm-hmm. Am I overreaching, or is this a or is this a a reasonable stance? No, it's it's absolutely a very a reasonable stance. I mean, that's where we're really taught to pray. You know, deliver us from evil. You know, in the Lord's prayer, deliver us from evil, the evil one. Um, for sure, it's it's something we're obviously uh, encouraged or commanded to take up the you know, those important spiritual realities that Paul talks about as the armor of God, right? You know, salvation, righteousness, truth, faith, you know, those things. So, um, yeah, so absolutely, uh, God is protecting you. Um, now, you know, I think at different times, you're probably allowed to be exposed in some, uh, levels of others. Um, but, uh, you know, and also, you know, I think kind of depending sometimes even too in your physical location sometimes can uh there can that can make a difference you know as well so all of that is very very difficult to discern because we're talking about unseen realities right we're you know and so um that's why it takes some wisdom and discernment prayer you know so you know the disciples couldn't cast out one demon because jesus says um this one will only come out through uh, prayer and fasting Right. So there's like, uh, so there's some intense prayer sometimes, uh, that is needed, uh, for some of these demons, I guess. So, yeah. Cause you know, everywhere that we look, I mean, even Jesus has, and you, you mentioned Job earlier, you know, God even exercises his authority there in that really not, not even, it's like God doesn't even have to exercise his authority because Satan has to come to God to ask permission like God's authority is already there. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> Satan is already not allowed to yeah. touch Job. That's right. And yeah. he's like, well, you would never let me do anything to Job. Like, you know, that's why he yeah, yeah. You know, loves you yeah, so much. Yeah, he says he's know? got he's got that hedge. He's got the hedge of protection. Yeah. yeah. And so I said, if you dr- don't, you know, it's no wonder he's got everything he wants. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it actually makes me think of, uh, I had a job one time as a custodian, and it was a second shift job. And basically I would, I you could say I had that hedge of protection. If I, if I ever did something wrong, my, my boss was like, that's fine. Like, it's cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, because, but what it was is, you know, like every night I would, you know, knock out all of these things that, you know, a lot of times were, uh, you know, technically his job, but I wanted to do them. You know, oh, okay. Yeah, and it was yeah, better. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. not trying to black brag, but it's just like, <laughs> I was, I would do them better. And so the person I worked with was like, Oh, this is why, uh, you know, uh, everyone likes you so much is because you just, you, you do all this work. I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of how it works. And <laughs> you know, sort of the same thing. It's like, 
why was Job have this edge of protection? Well, like, is he was he was he was giving he was always giving thanks and he was he, he was he was more or less like a, a humble man, wasn't he? I mean, he wasn't like running around and and being um, you know spending all his money on you know for lack of better terms, you know, prostitutes and gambling and stuff. He was, had a lot of blessings from God and he wasn't a fool with it. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think about the, uh, when Jesus talks about the, what is that? Where the, uh, the master or the guy, whoever gives his servants, you know, one ten, one five, and another one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one who was given one wasn't faithful with it and didn't mm-hmm. grow it. And the one who had 10 did and the one who had five did. And so he, he didn't like let the one with one, he didn't give them two. He was like, no, forget that. Like the one you have is being taken and sort of like the same thing. I mean, Job, Job is not your average character. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, he, he does have love for God. And so he doesn't love God because he has a hedge of protection, but rather he has a hedge of protection because he loves God. Is that accurate? Do we know is uh, that, that's a really great question. I mean, I guess if I were to like, now that you say it that way, um, which I've not re- really thought about it that way. Um, I think he has a hedge of protection, uh, not necessarily. I don't think it's, we're told because he's, a, his hedge is because he has something, um, besides the fact that he fears God. Right. And I don't know if the hedge is there because of that or not. It just is there is what I would say. Okay. So it just is there. And and the whole point that Satan brings up to God is, uh, because he has that hedge of protection, that's why he worships you. And so that's actually really the point of the book, right? So Uh, because he has all these things. So you take all that stuff away there's no way he's going to worship you. And that's actually the, I mean, that really is the rest of the book then. Um, And so so. really, so then we could say, we could uh, come to the determination there then though, that um, uh, he doesn't worship God then though, because of the hedge protection, we do know that, you know, and so we can't say for sure that it's there because he worships God or he fears God. But we do know that it is not because of that hedge protection. So I guess that's as far as we can go. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's as far as we can go. Then. Yeah. So it's actually, I mean, um, it really is an amazing picture of, of, uh, ultimately of, of Christ, right. You know, where, um, and I think, you know, you could, you could totally see how, uh, if everything's going well, it's really pretty easy for you to worship God, you know, sure, there's just like yeah. not a whole lot. Um, that you have to worry about, you know, it's really when you start to suffer, whether that's bodily, whether that's tragedy, whether that's financially, where you really feel like, uh, well, you really come into contact with what you really do believe, what really is your strength, what you're you're really relying on. And, uh, And, you know, Job, he does not sin, although he is the one that says, things in there that probably like are more like re- record scratch moments, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's saying this, but, um, and he's basically calling God to answer, um, mm-hmm. for, for this. Um, and cause Joe doesn't have to answer for, he doesn't, he, he's just, you know, stalwart and saying, I'm not, it's not my fault. <laughs> uh, and so, it's not uh, my fault. yeah. And so, um, but he, yeah, that, and that really is the, uh, that's the amazing thing about that book for sure is, uh, and you, of course you see the suffering, 
the suffering uh, person who has to pray for his friends uh, after his suffering in order for them to be forgiven, you know, which is uh, obviously a picture of Jesus. That That is like one of my favorite parts of the entire uh, story there, though, is when, when God comes in and starts talking. Uh, and he tells him to uh, dress like a man for action. Yes. He's like, I will ask yes. you, and you make it known to me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, oh, yeah. this is great. You yeah. really can't read that without your own heart leaving in your throat in a lot of ways. It is like some of the most powerful poetry in all you know all of the world, for sure. I mean, Definitely. it really is. And it just is. Uh... But that's what it is. It's like Job is calling sort of. God to the courtroom in a way that answer Job. And so, it's, and then when God shows up, he starts asking the questions and Job can't get him an answer. And so that's the, um, that's, it's powerful. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, that's a, that's a great little segue there into uh, my next little note here. But, you know, you talked about uh, being able to walk into the throne room mm-hmm. and, uh, being able to make your case and the, and and like nobody is going to nor can they condemn you because yes. the only one that can is God and Jesus has paid that price. That's right. Which is a really great feeling. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. So, and and when you talked about uh like that uh, coming to the throne room, uh, is that like uh, in a prayer kind of way? Yes. For sure, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, what what you're praying for, uh, what I guess, whatever case you're that's that's like what you're talking about when you're making your case. Uh, I think I guess we're going back to also that condemn condemnation that can come from Satan, mm-hmm. and that you know uh, maybe like you don't deserve this, or uh, even you know you don't deserve it, or uh, you've you've done something to. Uh, ruin it or you know anything like that you know that is that kind of the condemnation that we're talking about yeah i mean it's interesting i think jesus gives us three different metaphors about prayer and one has to do with between like a father and a child the other has to do with a friend and the other has to do with uh more like a legal setting so there's so there's like a um, coming to God as father coming to God as friend and then coming to God actually in, a, in uh for a legal legal judgments and legal action. So that's the one where the the parable of the uh, woman uh, who goes up against the uh, uh, unjust judge, right, and says, you know, grant me justice. And, you know, he says, I don't care about this woman. I don't care about God, but she just keeps badgering me. So I, uh, you know, I'll give her her justice. And I think actually that um, those three uh, those three uh, ways of prayer are actually categories of prayer. I really do believe that. I mean, I think there is the you know, come to God as father, you come to God as a friend and you come to God as a, in a legal way. And, uh, and I think this, I think Satan ultimately is looking for ways, uh, to disrupt, um, the resources from heaven to us, um, based on, you know, uh, sin and, um, you know, sin and accusation. So I think, uh, there probably is a way in a sense where, um, you know, where we have to understand often even the seriousness of our sin um, as giving a way to maybe make an argument to God to say, um, you know, obviously look at this, look at, you know, uh, well, let, let's take one instance as, uh, that's um, a clear um, 
you know, where you won't get your prayer answered. And that's where um, what Peter says, you don't live with your wife in a knowledgeable way or, you know, and so, um, and it can hinder your prayers. And so you can imagine sometimes being like, even like Satan accusing you in this, like, you know, up in heaven or something. And it being something like, uh, you know, he's asking for these things, but he is not, he's treating his wife terribly. So do not give him, you know, like he's like mm-hmm. making an argument like a lawyer would. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it's actually important to, I think, understand that like um, in the areas where, particularly where you feel like you need to get some resources from the Lord and there's maybe it's just not happening, but you still need, you know, you need to persevere in it. You need to, you know, that's where I think where a lot of people are saying, um, whatever work of Satan it is to accuse or block, you know, I'm asking that by the blood of Jesus, you would cover any of that stuff that would block it. And I think that's what a lot of people, when they operate sort of in a legal, like praying legally almost, that's like kind of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, including myself, have seen some incredibly powerful breakthrough in answer prayer after sort of um, kind of praying like a lawyer uh, as opposed to praying like a son or a friend, uh, which is wild, but I think it's true. So you're saying if I make a good enough argument to win the lottery. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Think of that uh, argument really well. Yeah, I don't think there is a good enough one. Um, I'm right. pretty sure, actually, I, I would probably argue my way out of winning it. Is <laughs> like, you know, on second thought, God. This, yeah, that's right. Lord, now that I'm talking about the lottery, maybe I shouldn't have bought that ticket. <laughs> can this whole thing, man. Let's uh, let's pick up again tomorrow. Yeah, subject, yeah, right? exactly. Uh, yeah, but it's actually interesting to be, you know, where, you know, Jesus, you know, when he says that parable about the, the, the widow who's, you know, badgering the unjust judge, you know, he's basically saying, so you should pray and and not give up, right? It's, um, and because there is forces of, there's powers and authorities and principalities of this present darkness who are arrayed against you, and they are making arguments against you, uh, and accusations against you, just like we saw Satan doing with Job. So, you know, Jesus reveals that Satan asked to sift Peter, like we basically to have Peter, right? And he prays in John, let's see, I guess, John 17, um, for protection from the evil one. You know, they're not going out of the world, but protect them from the evil one, right, as they are in the world. So, um, so you know, Satan... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that uh, we can be, we can operate in, in a way. I think, um, especially if you you really feel like what I'm asking for is God's will, what I'm asking for is important, um, and I just need to persevere. Um, those can be the type of prayer. Not that you wouldn't address them as father or friend necessarily, but it's just. Um, there are some ways that are like that, I think. So when we talk about like this, uh, like a, you know, a court type setting, are, are you praying, praying like a, which is what the throne room is. Yeah. Right. It's more I mean, of a court setting, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're making me think about David and the Psalms. Okay. There are some mm-hmm. Psalms where David is like, whoa, hey, if I perish, I can't worship you. Yes. 
you know, yeah. is that no? Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that's. I'm not saying that's specifically the way that people should pray. But that's sort of what we're talking about here when we talk about this uh, lawyer type or or courtroom type prayer. Yeah, and. <clears throat> I, yeah. I, just, I, I think we're probably often a little bit much uh, softer even than the Bible is about how we address God on things. Certainly Job, certainly, and that's a great one with David, is like, uh, like you cannot let me die. Well, he because does. I, you, because uh, I can't praise you in Sheol. What I'm doing is really important, God. You've got to stop delaying. He even I have to find it, but he even prays in one of them. He he's praying mm-hmm. about. Uh, he's like, if you don't give me victory, everyone will laugh at me. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. he's like, if they're laughing at me, they're laughing at you mm-hmm. because because you're the one who has to bring victory. And if you don't do it, they're going to view you as being lesser. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you. I've prayed like that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, where, where That's great. You know, I'll be encountering, you know, something going on where it has to do with people who know I'm a Christian and they, you know, have criticized me for being a Christian. And like in my prayers, I'll be like, God, don't, don't let them, don't let this fail and let them look at me as if, you know, my God has failed me because mm-hmm. though I know like not everything, if, if something doesn't go right in my life, I don't sit here and go, God failed me. God, you know, ah, oh, you know, like my God, you know, I know better than that. Yep. But I do have found myself in situations where I've been like, my main concern was like, I want them to see that you are a good and gracious God. So don't let this fail. Let this be successful so that they don't see me as a fool and in turn see you as weak. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not stepping out of bounds, am I? No. I mean, look at Moses. I mean, that's a great picture of Jesus and now in his intercession too, right? But uh, God's like, I'm going to destroy the Israelites and start over with you, Moses. And Moses, like, you will be a laughing stock of the nations. Uh, oh really? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just wow. uh, he—he's you know God. That's what God says he's going to do. And Moses says, "No, you'll be a laughing stock to the nations. Everybody will say that you brought him out here to kill him." And uh, and you know and uh, and God relents. So and that's again that's a great that's a that's a courtroom style like you know and Moses is making God's making his argument. Moses is making his arguments. And, uh, you know, and then God wow. uh, relents. But it's obviously a picture of, um, you know, the intercession of Jesus, ultimately, that, you know, uh, standing in our stead against the, you know, the justice of God. Okay. So, I didn't know that part was, I mean, I knew that Moses, like, you know, kind of like contended for, you know, God not to destroy the mm-hmm. Israelites. I knew yeah. that he was like, I, I just thought he just like, yeah, no, please don't, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and God was like, all right, fine. Yeah, like, yeah. I won't <laughs> squash you today. You yeah, know, right. but no, I didn't know. He says, Hey, no, they're going to, they're going to, you'll be the laughing yeah. stock of the nation. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's amazing. So really, I mean, David gets this from, from Moses, huh? <laughs> I think he probably does. Yeah. No, I mean, ultimately I, I don't think that's where I, I, he, I think, you look at the way as these, um, you know, as the time progresses, you can see other biblical characters, you know, or you know, biblical people referencing back to what other people have done um, as a way to say this is what God's going to do. Now, certainly, Jesus does that. Um, you know, John the Baptist does that with Elijah. Even Jesus. Uh, 
shows, you know, kind of acts in some of those ways that Elijah and Elisha did amongst other things. So yeah, for sure. So David, I would say David certainly, uh, uh, you know, of course he was inspired by the Holy Spirit as well in those, in those, um, in those Psalms as well, but which powerful. Really, I mean, makes it a great place to learn how to pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. it's a prayer inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine right? I mean, filling with the Holy Spirit, filling with the Holy Spirit, telling God, um, "You're taking too long, and you've got to speed this up." And if I die, it's it's dumb because we can't, you know, like it's, right. I can't pray. So yeah, it's wild, man. So where does this fall? Where does prayer fall? Or does it fall? I, I can't think anywhere in the armor of God. Is, is prayer part of the armor of God? Or is yeah, it yeah, it is, actually. Uh, so um, this week I'll actually be talking about that um, when it says, uh, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So that's how... Praying at all times in the uh, Spirit. Okay, so that's so next So it's actually connected. Yeah, so wielding the, okay. wielding the Word of God, praying in the Spirit is actually a huge dynamic of taking the word of God. So use some, a lot of times I used to think of it just as like, you've got the sword of the spirit, it's the word of God. And it's just like an isolation, but actually the word and prayer kind of go together. Oh, man. Word, oh, prayer, we, and spirit. So we're going to we're gonna have to, to watch it on Facebook. Make sure it records good. Are you guys uh, out of time? Yeah, I know. Sure. We're heathens. We're heathens, man. We're horrible. <laughs> uh, I got, I got to get time in for my mom with, with our daughter. She she doesn't get enough time with her. Yeah, uh, so so let's let's cover some of the armor of God though, uh, because you went over uh, some of this stuff this past week, and I got to be real with you, the audio was messed up for like the first twenty minutes. Did you know that? Oh, you know, yeah. I I tried to fix some of it. I think maybe I made it worse. Oh man, well maybe I don't know. Is it too I, loud or too soft? It was way it was too low. I couldn't. I okay. Had, I had like I had like the the volume turned all the way up on Facebook, and then I had the volume on the on the TV turned all the way up to like I think it was up to like okay. forty eight. Yes, because it was, was actually like, it oh. recorded too loud. I tried to fix. It. I probably made it worse. Oh no! Are you serious? It. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Uh, so so the did you mainly focus on the uh, on the shield of faith? Or? No, no. Okay. I I um, you know, I really didn't spend a ton of time you know, ultimately on the point of, um, you know, of the armor and like exactly what they were like a deep right. dive into all of them. Only that it was, it's kind of confusing when you th- talk about wearing, uh, spiritual realities, you know, like when you wear something, right. It's obviously very physical. And, right. um, so like how exactly do you wear, salvation, wear righteousness, how do you wear faith, how do you wear truth, how do you wear readiness for the gospel? And uh, and so, you know, what is the importance of that? Um, and why is that so important in the fight against the devil? Like, why exactly are those things so uh, important? And it really always come, comes back down to is that, you know, Satan has access to our inner lives. And he's going to use words to try to sap our strength and to get us off course um, and to make us weak, ultimately, whether it's weak through um, getting us back to walk according to the law, being obsessed, self-obsessed with sin, um, getting us to sin, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever. He wants to sap our strength. And so that's why it's so important that we fight, uh, you know, the words that Satan is using 
uh, with uh, our salvation, our righteousness, our faith, our readiness for the gospel, you know? So, so, so what is that? Like you talked about like encountering these kinds of things. And so what does that look like when we encounter some, like, let's just go back to like, you know, those attacks from Satan. Like, let's say, you know, it's a, it's a real legitimate attack from Satan. Like I've heard, I've heard story, stories before of um, like oppressive spirits and stuff like that. Oppressive, you know, I guess that would be like some kind of demon or something. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, what does this really look like when we're need to be wearing this, spiritual armor yeah yeah so one of the things you you know obviously so you know paul there in ephesians 6 talks about the schemes you know of these of the devil uh and he's got a lot of them you know right and so but a lot of them have to do with words in your inner life ultimately um and so a lot of them a lot of times they're going to be thoughts they're going to be shaped like words they're going to be things that are like almost like said to you you're not going to hear it with your ears but they're going to be sensed in your mind and heart and they're going to be uh well well some are going to be just deceptions right so deceptions are how half truths right that there's right. partially true um but partially false. You know, it's a deception, temptation, accusation is a, you are like this, therefore you should not, or you, or you should, or, or this person is like, you know, uh, but again, they're going to have, they're going to be in the, sh- the shape of communication and you got to understand it. I tell a story about, um, you know, when I first started, uh, really journaling, um, and, uh, trying to work through some of the uh, areas I was trusting God for how, you know, I, I just had vehemently uh, just felt this like white hot hatred for God and just wanted to tell him how much I wanted, how much I hated him for not giving me the things I wanted to have and giving them to others and whatever. And it's so funny because obviously it's like their thoughts so in there and I'm and actually I'm feeling it too. So I'm feeling the anger. I'm feeling I'm I'm sensing the words, you know, but I'm like. But I'm like, holy cow, like, I don't hate God. But right now, like, what's going on in my inner life is, like, this, like, push to be, like, you know, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Right. And uh, and so, you know, I realized what that was, was, you know, some sort of demonic uh, influence trying to get me to think that that's how I felt, you know? Yeah. And that's how I should feel about God. Um, and, um, and so, and I didn't fight it by being like, well, I don't feel that way or whatever. Just be like, I was more like, here's actually how I'm feeling right now. And this is, uh, and Lord, I just want you to like, Lord help me. Like, and if I do feel like this, like, I want to know why, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it was, um, it was very much like that. This, as I kind of came against those thoughts and saying, these are things are not true of God. God doesn't have to, this is like me being like right. shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, not, you know, helmet of salvation, right? God doesn't have to give me those things in order to be good. God doesn't have to give me those things in order for my life to like be safe and secure. The Lord is my shepherd. I just start, you know, obviously like, and as soon as like I started to fight those thoughts and those feelings and kind of come against them a little bit is like it, it, it was kind of a little bit like 
you know, knocking over a little bit of like a Lego wall or something like that. Just like a little bit of pressure, but all it was just a little bit of push and, and it, then it all kind of went away and a lot of yeah. joy then really came from it. So, so yeah, so I, and you know, I, cause you know, I was praying, I was interacting with God. I was working through stuff with God, you know, Satan doesn't want that. And so he's trying to get me to think and feel certain ways about God that would, I mean, to not draw near to him. So when you started going into that, like that prayer that you're just talking about there, where, you know, you were sort of coming to these uh, realizations, you know, that God doesn't have to do this. And, uh, and you were talking to God, like, this is, uh, you know, not how I really feel. And what I really feel is this. So that's not the courtroom type of praying. That is that the, uh, coming to God as a father or as a friend kind of praying, which would you categorize that? Well, I think, well, yeah, that, that would probably more be like, here, God, I'm pouring my heart out to you. So that mm-hmm. might be more like God as father or something, you know? Okay. Not, not, you know, just, I'm just like pouring my heart out, you know? And, and I, that's, um, I think it's actually really, that, that, in a sense, that can be like a bit of a belt of truth. Obviously, I think it's talking more about God's truth, but it is also really important, I think, that when we pray, that we are incredibly honest about where we are no matter what uh no no matter where we are god can handle it you know and we don't want to be false to the truth about ourselves if we're angry with god we need to like be angry in prayer if we're disappointed with god we need to be disappointed with god if we're really joyful we need to be joyful we need to you know if you're really disappointed and then you're just like you're only going to be thankful 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 that's actually fine because you're trying to get yourself probably to not just be disappointed, but it's okay. And I think it is important to be like, I'm disappointed about blah, 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 blah. And this is how I wish it would would go, but I'm thankful. So uh, I think actually just being true to your true about where you're at is an incredibly important thing. And that's what I was sort of doing at the time. Although I think then, what happened as I was doing that was then, you know, there was a bit of a demonic attack to come in Mm -hmm. and try to, you know, get me off course. I think that's where you see, that's where I have a problem because when you talk about that, like, you know, being completely honest with where you're at and we've talked about this before too, I'm afraid to do that because I feel shameful for where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But that in itself, that's that whole conscience thing that you've yeah. talked about before. Just going back to that where I'm allowing that to impede my prayer life there. Yes. You know? Yes. That's, hey, you know, that's like, uh, I mean, it just falls right in line with all that, that whole, you know, uh, not listening to your conscience thing. And then also this right here. I mean, that's like, that's one of Satan's little, you know, uh, schemes in his arsenal there. Yes. Is that to make us feel shameful, but yes. really by putting out there, especially to God, you know, you don't have to yell it out to the world for Pete's sakes, get off of Facebook people. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you don't have to yell it out there to the world, but you know, that's my biggest impediment there. So, you know, that's definitely something that I want to try and work on is to not have that where I'm, feeling shameful or wrong or thinking like, Oh, I got to get my mind in the right place before I can pray about that. Yes. You know, yeah. Satan would love that. Yeah. Yeah. He's loving it right now because I'm (laughs) clearly, I'm not, you know, getting right. So, you know, yeah, that's such a great scheme by him because 
Yeah, for sure. I, re- I really appreciate you saying that because it is, um, yeah, he, you know, you know, Ephesians six ten says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Right. And I think Satan would really want us to be strong in our ability to obey the Lord, not actually strong in the Lord. Like we want to be able to be like, oh, I've been really obeying. So now I feel confident instead of just being like, oh, it's the Lord I'm coming to not. And, and so, and, but as soon as we go back to how am I doing in evaluation of myself, um, you don't need to do that. Yeah. It gets, uh, yeah. And that's actually, that's part of the disarming, right? Like it literally does not matter how you're doing with the Lord because God is the one who is, uh, save, who has saved you. He's brought you, uh, to his family. He's made you his friend. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and whenever we feel like we have to come, uh, on the basis of faith and works instead of just faith, it just, messes it all up yeah because you talked about that some too uh that whole you know galatian error just like that seems to like just be all over the place yeah you know it's a it's a major detriment to a lot that is going on in our lives yeah i mean i think it is like one of the major tools of satan for sure i mean satan doesn't not care that um well, he's fine if you have faith as long as you also have and works together for your, uh, you know, for your um, rightness with God and for your, uh, you know, position in the people of God. Um, you know, that is the Galatian error. But when as soon as it's uh, it gets to a place where you're trusting on the work of Jesus and not on your own, yeah, uh, then he's uh, he's not happy because that makes you love Jesus. That makes you want to be with Jesus. And the last thing he wants you to see, he the last thing he wants you to see is Jesus. He, he doesn't want you anywhere near Jesus. Uh, he he wants you to near. He be wants you to near like religion. He wants you to near all the good things that you need to do. Uh, he but he does want you near Jesus, and um, and he's certainly gonna do what he can to keep you away from the intimacy uh, of prayer and his word. And that was one of the really cool things that you said uh, a couple of weeks ago was you are not, or, or no, you are coming to Jesus, not a religion. Yeah. And I thought that was so powerful because we get caught up in all of that. What do I do? How do I do it? Why do I do it? Kind of thing. But doesn't the scripture tell us that, uh, you know, when we, you know, have faith and we, we focus on, on Christ that, uh, you know, that's what changes our, our fruit that we produce. Yeah. It's exactly. not, it's not us going out by our own power and will. Yeah. It's by having our focus on, on God and Christ. Yeah. Abide so, in me and you'll bear okay, much fruit. Yeah, you know, without me. me, you can do nothing. This is John 15, you know, uh, without me, you can do nothing, you know? And, uh, and that is, it's so true. It is so true. And it really is, Oh man, I've I've spent so many years of my life like just thinking that I will be fruitful based on my knowledge of the scriptures or my obedience or fervency or whatever, and it's just oh what a you know what a train wreck that is uh, when it really is just about ultimately abiding with Jesus, getting you know His presence, His words, um, and then letting Him you know just the life will just come from you because. You know, that it's his life. 
it's it's a lot easier than trying to do it yourself. Oh my! <laughs> you know, yes, like, I know. I wish we didn't have the scars to prove it, but uh, I feel like that's know? like my whole like so much of like my life is like a. I'm limping because of how I, uh, of how I have tried to just do things in my own power and strength for sure. <laughs> so, you know, it's it kind of I'll use this analogy because it popped into my head. Why not? And so I've been doing a lot of programming at work lately, and uh, I'll, a lot of times, like I'll get started on something and I write out. You know, I get like it, it's not really programming; it's really it's scripting. You know, and I get like you know twenty five, thirty five lines into it. And then I reach a point where I'm like, oh, you know, I've run into this obstacle. So then, you know, I got some people online that I talk to and, you know, I go to them like, like, hey, guys, like, and we help each other out. And I'm like, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. And here's what I got so far. And, and I hate it when someone goes, well, why don't you just do it like this? And like, they take like the 25 lines that I have and they condense it into like seven. <laughs> I feel like that's what this is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm trying to write all of this detail stuff yes. out. And God's like, literally, you just need me. Like, this mm. is... Like Jesus is where you get all that from, you know? Yeah. And that's, I, I feel like I run into that constantly when I'm doing certain kinds of work and I'm just, I, I don't, I refuse to recognize it yes. in my spiritual life. Yeah. It, man. Yes. Me too. hundred percent. And, but once you, and I think God's so gracious, he doesn't get upset with us. He knows this is happening. He's teaching us. And, um, but yeah, once we become more and more conscious to it and to how God, the Holy Spirit is in our inner being, in our spirits and how we start to have that, um, you know, that, that spirit of revelation, that spirit of wisdom that, uh, you know, Watchman Nee, who was a, a missionary in China in the 20th century, uh, he wrote some interesting stuff around how you kind of like hear the voice of God and operate from, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says that, um, you know, uh, when God makes our spirit alive, that what the spirit actually is, is he calls it intuition, conscience, and communion. And it's like that area where we experience God. Uh, there's an, in, there's a intuit, and that's it. You know, when people say, I heard the voice of God, what he's actually would say is what you're operating in is your spirit that God has made alive your Holy Spirit and your spirit together. And it has an intuition. It has a knowledge that you learn to operate from. And, um, and so, uh, once we learn, uh, uh, how to operate from that more and more, it really is life and peace and fruitfulness. And it's awesome.